Listener Production. US and European stocks continue to gain momentum with impressive improvements on both sides of the Atlantic. And Aussie shares expected to open higher on Wednesday ahead of key inflation data and earnings from Brambles. I'm Tom. And I'm Ryan. It's Wednesday the 30th of August. Welcome to the Comsec Market Update. Ryan, waking up this morning, I was quite impressed by the gains that we saw for Northern Hemisphere stocks overnight. They've kind of gone up another leg in terms of confidence. Well, we saw tech shares, the NASDAQ, pop more than 1% for the third straight winning day. So those falling bond yields are certainly propelling those mega cap stocks higher. So to your point, Ryan, the Dow Jones up by 0.9 of a percent. It was a laggard uh, in terms of the three leading indices. The broader market, the S&P 500, up 1.5%, and the NASDAQ up by 1.7%. And the bond yields that you reflected on, quite sizable declines, uh, down 12 basis points for a two-year Treasury note to 4.89%, a 10-year down nine basis points to 4.12% for uh, non-bond market people. That is a pretty meaningful decline for uh, interest rates, both long and short. And you contextualize it, you know, there is an exhalation, there's a relief uh, in interest rate markets. You know, uh, if we consider the Powell address at Jackson Hole, the economic data of the day was quite important in contributing to that fall in rates. It's shaping up quite nicely, Ryan. Well, the soft landing, the fabled soft landing, everyone's talking about it. The economic data last night suggests that that is possible now. So we saw US job openings fall in July by the more than expected and to a more than two-year low, and that offered fresh evidence that the labour market is cooling. So we saw the number of available positions in America decrease to 8.8 million, down from 9.2 million in June. And the so-called quits rate, which measures voluntary job levers as a share of total employment, that dropped by Two or dropped to 2.3%, the lowest since the start of 2021. So that's implying Americans are less confident about their ability to find another job. And what that all means, of course, is that puts less pressure on employers to provide pay rises, and that's inflationary. Look, if you were to think of this week as an opera in terms of the economic news on employment in particular, the JOLT survey, the Job Opening and Labor Turnover Survey, which we saw last night, that's the prelude, and we're building up to the ARIA, which will be the non-farm payrolls figures on Friday. Still got a bit to get through. We need those ADP numbers to be well behaved. So that's really where that um, spectrum of risk lies when it comes to the employment figures this week. Well, the non-farm payrolls, when released on Friday, is expected to be around 170,000 job gains in the month of August. The unemployment rate, however, will remain around 3.5%, which is the lowest in 50 years. But we're expecting to see wages growth ease a little bit with the softening in the jobs market, Tom. The thing that stood out to me last night, Ryan, was that that discussion around banks uh, requiring more capital was at the fore. But the KBW Bank Index actually did quite well during the session. So uh, as a measure, it was up by 1.3%. That's uh, worth knowing because... Banks have actually been under quite a bit of pressure over the course of this month. If you look at the KBW Bank Index, it's fallen by uh, the better part of 12%. So this recovery that we're seeing at the moment for lenders is important. It is. So as you mentioned, regional banks rose even after US regulators unveiled a proposal to boost oversight of mid-sized lenders and require them to be better prepared for potential failures. So all American banks with at least $100 billion in assets would be subjected to the new requirements that resembles the rules that apply to the world's biggest banks. So really trying to shore up those banks after 
some of the issues that we have seen with those regional banks over the last few months, of course, the commercial real estate side of things is still a potential issue for these banks. Yeah, so these initiatives are essentially aimed at reducing the leverage within an organisation and improving its liquidity. And so to shorthand what that means is that if you turn up and you want to withdraw your money from the bank, it's going to be there. It's going to force regional banks to issue debt and bolster their so-called living wills, which are steps meant to protect the public in the event of more failure. So it's, mm. it's all about protecting the, the consumer Indeed. or the depositor. So the other thing that stood out last night was the rather muscular performance that we saw in the tech sector. So the NASDAQ up by 1.7%. So again, you know, we have seen the Philadelphia Semiconductor Index. It has been you know, pummeled actually from time to time over the course of uh, recent days and weeks, the index. In fact, it was um, it had a day last week when it was down five percent, and it has fallen by about twelve percent since the beginning of the month. And that turns around the conversation that perhaps for the moment the wind has come out of the sails of the tech sector, chip stocks in particular, uh, and that, you know we've seen volatility in some of the leading names there from time to time. But overnight, semiconductor index up by more than two and a half percent. And it was also all about a couple of items relating to artificial intelligence and also Apple's iPhone. So Apple sent out invites on Tuesday for its September press event, and that's going to happen on September the 12th. So mark that in your diary. And that sent its share price up significantly, up by about 2.5% after that news. And also we heard from Alphabet, and its shares were up around 3%, following a swathe of fresh artificial intelligence technology and partnerships unveiled by the Google parents. So a couple of initiatives there on the AI and iPhone front, and that also provided a boost to sentiment for the tech space. We also saw Verizon and AT&T shares up up to 4% after broker City upgraded the telecom companies to buy. Just switching to the European sphere, what stood out there was, again, some pretty solid improvements. There are a couple of factors contributing to this not least of which has been a conversation in the Chinese sphere in particular that they're going to be doing more to support the economy. Uh, There have been reports that the big lenders have been instructed to cut rates again. It's a familiar mantra that we've heard, but it translated to a better note being struck by European stocks. In London, uh, the index was up by 1.7%. The French index was up 0.7%. The German market up 0.9%. The Stock 600 index, the broader measure of European stock performance, up by almost a percent. So what stood out within that index is that all sectors were higher. Uh, Miners, retail, tech doing quite well. And there was also a pretty sizable drop in European interest rates, both long and short, which contributed to that improvement. Certainly, China's measures have supported its economy fueled investor risk appetite last night. So as you mentioned, China's largest banks are preparing to cut interest rates on existing mortgages and deposits. That's the latest foray from the government there to shore up growth in the world's second largest economy, along with commodity prices lifting, that sent European miners up 2.1%. We also saw Europe's largest bank, HSBC and Insurer Prudential, both have significant businesses in China. They gained up to 4% respectively. The other thing that stood out last night, Tom, as well, was the UK return from its bank holiday. As you mentioned, the FTSE 100 index was up solidly. But part of the catalyst for that, apart from being commodity exposed, was the fact that we heard from the British Retail Consortium. And prices in British store chains rose in August at the slowest pace in nearly a year. 
and annual shop price inflation cooled to 6.9% in August. It's lower since October 2022, weakening from 7.6% in July. So we did see falling prices for meat, potatoes, and some cooking oil. So that's good news for the Brits as they head into winter. And shares of online grocer Akado gained 5.5% on the back of that news. The other thing I wanted to quickly mention was uh, what went on in Asia yesterday. So we saw some reasonable gains throughout the region. The Hang Seng was up by almost 2% and the Shanghai Composite Index was up by 1.2%. But Ryan, something that always uh, is unnerving is when you see uh, an organisation not deliver on its promise when it comes to its debt. And Country Garden uh, has asked for a grace period in relation to the principal repayment on a bond worth more than half a billion dollars, $535 million. That's not great, is it? No, the situation with defaults in the Chinese property sector and the malaise broadly within that sector is continuing to be a concern, worries about a potential credit crisis or contagion. And that is really a big weight on the Chinese economy at the moment. The debt-laden scenario with that economy means that the authorities and policymakers are constrained with their ability to provide stimulus for the Chinese economy. Indeed. So uh, this comes on the heels of having missed two coupon payments as well earlier on in the month. So there is going to be a vote on um, no later than the 31st of August on whether or not uh, creditors extend this 40-day grace period to Country Garden. So that's going to be quite important. I mean, it's highly unlikely that the grace period isn't offered. As a creditor, you want your money back. So you're going to do everything that you can in reasonable terms to allow that to happen. But it's an ongoing narrative when it comes to the Chinese property sector. Yeah, just something to be mindful of, I suppose. Well, certainly it, it follows Everground. So we've had this situation in the last 12 or so months. The whole malaise around the property sector continues and it is something that has a big impact, particularly on steel and iron ore demand. So we have seen iron ore hold up. We did see iron ore up again last night, 0.3% to 108.65 US dollars a tonne. But of course, the housing markets where the weak spot is, and China yesterday announced guidance to relax residential housing loan rules, as we mentioned. So certainly a lot of efforts are being made to try and shore up the residential property sector but they're very constrained with what they can do indeed so let's uh quickly wrap up by looking ahead to today it's an important day we have the uh, cpi figures released at 11:30 these are important because as we've spoken about before in recent days, we've had figures that have allowed the market to rest a little bit easier in relation to the outlook for interest rates. If this ticks the box today, that will be quite significant in terms of the backdrop for the local share market. Uh, Certainly, Australia's monthly CPI indicator will provide the first read on the September quarter 23 inflation number. It's the first month of the quarter, and there is a higher share of goods being measured, which are seeing disinflation at the moment. But Strong rental growth is again likely to be a key tailwind, while falls in household goods and automotive fuel will place downward pressure on the CPI in the month of July. So key quarterly drivers of current inflation not measured in July include childcare, tobacco and alcohol, so it could be lower than expected. So Commonwealth Bank economists are forecasting consumer prices increased by just 0.1% in July. That would take the annual rate down from 5.4% in June to 4.7% in July. However, 
This rate's likely to go back above 5% when more services-based categories are measured in August. It's worth pointing out, Tom, however, that Bloomberg consensus is for a monthly CPI report coming in at 0.5%, although inflation on an annualised basis easing to 5.2% from 5.4%. So a lot of variation in the forecast with electricity presenting the key risk due to the unknown impact of state energy rebates and the timing of bill increases. But broadly, we are seeing a little bit of a fall back in those price pressures at the moment. And it's likely that when the Reserve Bank meets next week on September the 5th, they'll probably do nothing, although they'll keep their tightening bias. And it's worth pointing out in the US overnight that consumer confidence did fall there. And that was on the back of consumers becoming increasingly preoccupied with rising prices for groceries and gasoline. And we have seen petrol prices lifting across capital cities in recent weeks. And of course, there's going to be a huge day of earnings once again. We've got Brambles, Flight Centre, to name a few. Shares of App and Bapcor, Evolution Mining, Omedia, Telstra and West Farmers all trade ex-dividend and could be a weight on the market. Just in terms of Brambles, it's a supply chain solutions company that specialises in reusable pallets, crates and containers. And investors will keep a watch of Bramble's fiscal 2024 guidance when it, the company reports earnings today, which could offer clues on its expectations for global consumption. So we expect it's a to great s- proxy for activity, Bramble's. It is. It's a bellwether for global consumption and, of course, supply chains in particular and, of course, data analytics and automation. So sales revenue is expected to come in at $3.2 billion for the second half, underlying profit for the year of $1.07 billion, Tom. So uh, in terms of other key metrics, we've got the Aussie dollar actually doing quite nicely, having struggled from time to time in recent weeks below 64 US cents. As we speak now, it's closer to 64.8 US cents. I apologise, I've left the SPY futures to the very last. I should have mentioned that first up. We're anticipating that the ASX 200 will kick off with a gain of north of a half of 1%. The SPY futures finished up 0.6 of a percent or 43 points. The ASX 200 having gained 0.7 of a percent yesterday, Ryan. And just on currencies, we don't talk about this frequently, cryptocurrencies. So we have seen Bitcoin jump well above 27,000 US dollars overnight. So we did see a court decision that could pave the way for Bitcoin ETFs which underpinned a 15% climb in crypto exchange Coinbase overnight. So a bit of action took place in that space. They've Uh, wrong-footed the SEC. They have. The SEC was said to be wrong to deny crypto investment giant Grayscale permission to convert its popular Bitcoin trust into an ETF, and that sent the Bitcoin price higher. Indeed. So an interesting day looms. Uh, Good luck with that, listeners. Have a good day, and we'll, uh, we'll catch up with you tomorrow. This podcast is prepared, approved and distributed in Australia by Commonwealth Securities Limited, ABN 60067-254-399, AFSL 238814. The information does not take into consideration your objectives, financial situation or needs. Consider the appropriateness of the information before acting and if necessary, seek appropriate professional advice. Listener.